there's the song. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the show that is here today to memorialize our favorite battle rapper after he was apparently bodied in Oakland this weekend. Welcome to a very special, a very somber episode of It's a Black and White Thing. I'm your host, A1. You can follow us on every social media by, uh, well, not every social media, but you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok by searching at Brains and Bars. Like to follow us there. You can also check us out on YouTube by uh, going to Brains and Bars. Please like, subscribe. Check out all the content there. Um, and you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice and uh, subscribing to It's a Black and White Thing or searching for Brains and Balls. So, uh, we don't, you know, I normally do the show with my guy, my host, my ace, Bone Coon, A Ward. But uh, all we have at this moment is an empty chair because he is no longer there. So, we're going to memorialize him today. We're just going to have an empty chair um, and uh, we're just going to do the show. So we have a interesting show for you today. Um, wait. You're live? Oh, what's up, bro? What's up, man? Good to see you. I didn't even know we were recording tonight. Yeah. No, yeah. So I, I don't know what had happened, man. I was I was pacing around this venue, and I remember like trying to go with my third round, and they were calling me to the stage, and then boom, the lights just went out, and I, I just, I saw this light, I, I saw like this flashing, blinking light, or whatever, there's this big line of people, I heard this voice, you know, that said, well done, my good and faithful servant, so I was like, oh, I, oh, I did good in the battle, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, man, I must have won, you know? And then next thing you know, like, I just woke up on my couch, like, a few minutes ago, so... <laughs> I don't know. It's been it's been a weird couple of days, bro. Man, man. Well, you have to tell me all about it. You have to tell me all about it. Um, well, I'm glad you're here. I mean, like again, I heard that you died. So I mean, I just fully, you know, just thought someone at the house set up the camera, and it's just good to go. So, all right. Well, now that I have a co-host, my guy, how are you doing? Now that you're you back with the living, I am back with the living. I am um, refreshed. I am, um, I have energy. I'm no longer drunk or high, um, you know, which apparently I was both of those too. Uh, <laughs> sarcasm. Uh, and yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. No scrapes or bruises, you know. Sometimes when people get like um, accused of like dying or just getting beat up, you know, they, mm -hmm. uh, they take a while to jump back on camera. But hey, I'm back on camera two days later and I'm just showing it, you know, there's, Nothing, nothing going on here. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I actually put up a fight back. You know, put up a fight back. I had a great, great battle this weekend with Frack, and uh, shout out to Frack, who uh, was who was incredible as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, glad to be back in Kansas, Tennessee. Where, I, where am I? I have no clue. I, I don't know. I don't know where my house is. Uh, but yeah, guys, glad to be back in the Midwest. I thought you were going to say to find out words you heard. Christian's supposed to eat crackers. The crackers are eating you. Hey, shout. I like that line though. I like that line though. But man, um, 
But now nah, we're gonna get into all of that. We're gonna get into all that. We're gonna talk about GTX, the Battle of the Bay, the return of grind time. Uh, we're gonna get into all of that. Talk about what you like, what you didn't like from that. We're gonna start actually start with sports. Um, get into that first. Um, then we'll transition to battle rap. So I want to begin here. I want to begin by something that you tweeted. Um, that I don't know how much traction it got. I saw a couple of people that I that I talked to on, online respond to it. So Patrick Mahomes, you know, was voted recently. Top NFL Top 100 came out. They just talked. To, they released that list. Excuse me, and then he was the number one overall paid player as voted by the players on that list, right? So you tweeted out, is Patrick Mahomes a top 10 QB of all time? Currently, yes, as of right now. He's been in the league, I believe, six years now, five years as a starter. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP. uh, Two-time league MVP. Two-time league MVP. He's won. I think he's I don't, like two-time All-Pro. I think he's only had that that honor twice. Then it might have been in his MVP years. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'll just let you. What do you think? Because obviously you tweeted it out. So what are your thoughts on if Patrick Mahomes is a already a top ten quarterback? Yeah, it's difficult. Me and Real Deal and uh, Fanatic, you know, we were talking about it. Um, it's, the reason it's always difficult is because I have to factor in those guys I never saw play, you know, that are usually at the top of people's list. You know what I mean? Um, and then you got guys that are like younger than me that are like, how dare you put him over Fran Tarleton? You know, and I'm just kind of like, you know, wait, what? <laughs> you know? And so, um, so that's just kind of the, the, the idea there. But, um, when I was talking to real deal, I said, I, I don't have him cracking the top five yet. I don't have him cracking the top five yet but I do have him in the seven to 12 range. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of have him in that seven to 12 range. So for me, if somebody said he was not in the top 10, I wouldn't be like, all right, you know what I mean? But I definitely think he's in the top 15 and I definitely, you know, um, probably have him in that seven to 12 range. But um, I've seen that, you know, in the responses to it, you know, Obviously, I live, you know, in, in the Midwest in Kansas City. So it's like a lot of my followers are like, all right, he's top three. And he's, you know, you know, he's already top two and not two like type stuff, which is, is a little wild. But um, but I think that if, if after this year, you know, he retired, I think he, you, he has a strong case for being a top 10 quarterback of all time. Mm. OK, um, so I think after the second Super Bowl, I had a discussion like similar to this. Uh, with a group of people, and I came to the realization, I guess I shouldn't say the realization, because it was kind of like off the top of my head, right? I didn't go back and talk about Fran Tarkenton or Johnny Unitas or Bart Starr, Stabler, right? Staubach. I didn't go back to those guys because, again, we didn't see them play, so it's kind of hard to quantify where they rank historically um, from, from my standpoint. I think for me, I think I had him just using modern day players. I had him like sixth, just from a modern day standpoint. Um, so that's Manning, Brady. Um, I put Rodgers in there just because of the longevity. Although you can really make the case that he's already surpassed yeah. Rodgers. Um, and I'll get to some of those numbers on top of like the the big stuff, right? The championships, the the MVPs. Although Aaron has, I think, five MVPs. Um, I think that's right. That's kind of crazy. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, even though Aaron has more MVPs than him, uh, Mahomes is only one playoff victory behind him already. So, Aaron has 12 playoff wins. Uh, Mahomes has 11. Right? So, I mean, I had Elway. I know Elway might be tough for some people when we're talking about in placement ahead of Mahomes. But I feel like Elway did the most with the least. Um, and when you think about from a skill position standpoint, I think Terrell Davis might have been the only all pro he ever played with on the uh, from a skill position standpoint. I don't think Ed McCaffrey or Rod Smith were ever a first team all pros. Shannon like Sharp wasn't there yet. Ooh, Shannon. That's a, you know what? Um, I think I'm about to, I think you're right about this. I'm about to look this up real quick. I think Bill Romanowski on defense. He was never an all-pro. Well, only offense though. So I think. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Shannon was an all-pro. I know Terrell Davis was an all-pro. I think Terrell Davis was a league MVP. Uh, now I got to look up Ed McCaffrey real quick and see if he was ever. And then Rod Smith. Um, Ed McCaffrey was a second team. And maybe the maybe the stat that I remember hearing was about before the Super Bowl, before they actually won the Super Bowls, right? Yeah, the, the 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 run that they had in the '80s, where they go to three Super Bowls, they get blown out in all. Um, he was he didn't have any first team All Pros on that team from an offensive standpoint. Um, so yeah, the the final years where it really comes together around TD. So Montana, Brady, Manning, uh, Elway, and I think and yeah, Rogers. I had those five guys. So you didn't have Marino above him, right? Oh, Marino. I forgot about Marino. Yes, Marino. So I think that puts him at seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Marino. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like the thing about Marino, I feel like people don't quite – like I understand there's there's a tendency sometimes because we live in the moment to think that new is better. But like Marino did things that people are still – are either just now breaking records or still records that still have not been broken in the 80s when it was not a passing league where it was not yeah. – the rules did not favor the offense like it did today. So, yeah, Marino's definitely up there. So, I had him, like, seven. Like, I mean, I, and once you start to factor in all the pre-1980s golden era people. John Knight starback, Otto Graham. Like, Wyatt Tittle. Like, all yeah. those, you know, Red Grange. I think Red Grange might have played quarterback, too. He played Would you have him over Drew Brees? You have him over Drew Brees? After, no, yeah, that's, that's no-brainer. No, Brandon. I get, I get it. The longevity of Drew Brees, um, he makes a compelling case. But again, like to me, he and Rogers are here. Like, yeah, Rogers like, above I, Brett Favre. I think yes, because I think longevity. I mean, to me, Favre's gunslinger mentality is both a credit and a de, and a demerit at the same time. Like mm-hmm. they they uh, cancel each other out. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I have a hard time, like, having Favre a bunch, a lot, I mean, of his contemporaries because of that, right? Like, I think most interceptions until Eli came along. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, I, I think Favre is one of those guys is like, yeah, nah, we're good. We're good. Like, he's mm-hmm. somewhere in that top 25, right? I mean, if you had to, of QBs, he's somewhere, I would say 15 to 25, somewhere in there. Once you put everybody in the pot, yeah, I uh, we, we you know we basically were just talking about it, and it was like I'm I'm just looking at a couple other lists to see like if there's anybody we missed out on, um, yeah, with the conversations we were having were um, you know like just Philip Rivers, you got him above or below Philip Rivers, you know, you have him you know above or below this quarterback or whatever, 
And, uh, yeah, you know, Real Deal had mentioned, he said, you know, Dan Marino's throwing 40, 50 touchdown passes in a league where the average was like 18 or 20. You know, like Patrick Mahomes is doing it, yes, but like you know, it was a passing league. You know, like the fact that Dan Marino was doing that back then. 1984. And I would love to see. OJ McDuffie. Man, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like again, who were good wide receivers for their time, but they were not all pro. They were not, yeah. you know, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame guys. So I would love to see what if, you know, for this era, that 1984 where he throws for 5,000 yards, adjusted for this era, what that number would be, be like. I would have to assume it would be something like 6,500 yards in a season, which is like Madden video game. Yeah. So, Another name though was Roethlisberger. Mm, no, not even close. Okay. Like not even. Like again, like again. All due respect, I am in this place where, to me, right now the cutoff for him, he's at number seven, and he is breathing down Aaron Rodgers' neck. Like if Aaron Rodgers. Let's just say he's slightly better this year than he was last year, right? First round exit in the playoffs. And let's just say Mahomes doesn't win a Super Bowl. Let's say they make it. Let's say they don't even make it to the the AFC title game. They they lose in the division. It depending on what Mahomes' stats are, depending on what the team's record is, all this other stuff. Like I could see myself after the season going, you know what? It might be time to flip the switch. It might be time to to have those two trades places um and i and i guess i'm saying that in part because i feel like for rogers and the jets it is super bowl or bust there is no there is no like oh yeah the jets made the playoffs great job we're super excited no 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 no, no. none of that you make the you win the super bowl not make the super bowl you win the super bowl you're all in you went got you got Rodgers, you went and got his people, brought him here, you went and got Dalvin Cook, got him the up in there. Best defensive backs in the league. You got, you know, yeah. You got all of this. I don't there are no ex- save for injuries, right? Because injuries are the one thing you can't factor in. If we had this conversation about failure, right? Is this if you is a season of failure if you don't win it all? And in most cases, the answer is no. In this case, the answer is yes. You you put all your chips in the middle of the table. You got you got uh, twin aces. <laughs> and you know though, I would say this much: I I don't I don't know that they have the best or a top echelon coaching. Player wise, but I don't know that I don't know that that that, that the coaching staff is. If it had been a coaching staff that I'm like, oh, you've been here before, you know, like if 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 a Sean Payton or somebody like inherited this kind of type of team or whatever, and it's like, okay, I know you have a championship type of coaching mindset or there's a culture about you that is like, but like with this coaching staff, I wonder. But we'll see. I mean, I got much respect for Robert Sala. Shout out to his tenure with the 49ers. I think – Obviously, you're right. We have to see how he does in crucial game situations, late pressures on you, right? Um, and this is a this is a true test for him, right? Like this is you are now granted you already play in New York, but now you have the quarterback, and so now it changes everything. 
Um, so, yeah, the, the pressure's on him as well. And if they flounder, I can definitely see him getting fired. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I looked up a- an article, and uh, the most recent looked like article of the top 25 quarterbacks of all time, which is a site I don't normally um, take highly um, or consider as like a, a highly reputable site, is Athlon. That's a gambling site, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. ATA no, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not. They they have yeah. like everybody else. They have gambling stuff, but yeah, yeah. Okay. But they have Mahomes at twenty one, and that was that was from that was post this year's Super Bowl. So that was like about March. Mm. So they definitely have a lot of names above him that I don't think we would consider. Kurt Warner, um, Steve Young. You know, they got the old guys too. So, but as far as younger guys, they even got Warren Moon. Um, above him, um, and uh, yeah, Troy Aikman, which that's a travesty. Like we can't, <laughs> nah, that's 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 sad. But let me let me just so we kind of talked about Mahomes' accolades, right? Let's lay them out in full. So we talked about two Super Bowl MVPs, two MVPs, three all pros. Won, three all pros has won his division every year. His his in the playoffs, his he's made it to either the AFC title game or the Super Bowl. Five thousand yards, fifty uh, touchdown season. Only one of two people. Peyton Peyton is the other one. Uh, broke the single season uh, yardage record last year, taking that from Drew Brees. Um, I think he's like eleven and three. I think in 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 the playoffs, including Super Bowls. So two losses in the AFC title game, one Super Bowl loss, two and one in Super Bowls. Um, I mean, if he said today, you know what? I've done enough. I I want to go home, be a family man. Um, you know, I'm going to take over Oakley and and run their company and shell and sell shades. He's no brainer. First ballot, unanimous selection. Like his career. Oh, let me also since you mentioned Trey, because when I, I replied to uh Ledge, is it Ledge from Pod Tier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I replied to him because he was like, "Ah, come on, like you're doing too much." And I'm like, "Those stats and the 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 cherry on the on the on the the cake or whatever y'all want to say it." Troy Aikman said, "Talk to me when he's got 33 percent of my Super Bowls. He's at 66 percent. That's the most important stat. He's at 66 percent of your Super Bowl tally, Troy. He's knocking on your door. All right. So all of those things, like." There are people who would kill, who've had great careers, who don't have those accolades, right? Shout out to Ben. He's got two Super Bowls. He's not as, he's not as decorated. Eli, not as decorated. Um, Drew, incredibly decorated, not as decorated. Like, again, so for me, like, when you have all these things at such an early part of your career, it makes it hard for me to say you're not top 10. Right? Yeah, and that's my position. thing is, like, a guy, a guy on Twitter was talking about, you know, I don't know if he was talking about Eli or somebody, and I'm like, okay, so are you just saying it's all about tenure? Like, could, but could, if Mahomes played ten more years and and didn't win another anything, right? You would look at him and be like, oh, but he's played sixteen years, he's accumulated all his yards, and he has these, he's this decorated, and that's what you're doing. You're putting these guys ahead of him based off just how many more years they've played. Not based off what they what they've actually like won, you know, and so uh, that's why I'm just kind of like, if he has ten more mediocre years, you know, like that's not a good thing, you know, he's you know that's that like mediocre years 
shouldn't add to your case of being a Hall of Famer, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like we talked about with Eli. It's like Eli's the Brady Slayer, his last name. He's got the two rings or whatever. But it's like none of those mediocre years helped him. What we got to count the years that helped you get to the Hall of Fame, and Mahomes has got five of them. Sick, you know, man. So you' about to get me started because don't do it. The, don't do it. The day Eli Manning makes the Hall of Fame, I might just cut the camera on, no matter where I am when they announce it, and I'm just gonna go. You have severely watered down the product, guys. You you have stepped on the product many times over by putting Eli. You talk about you get in, you get in the Hall of Fame based on what you've done. He got in the Hall of Fame based off two seasons. Two. He got in the Hall of Fame based off two seasons. Did not make the playoffs in any other year that he didn't win the Super Bowl. I don't care that he beat the undefeated Patriots. I don't care. Did, okay, we. I just had this conversation with somebody else today talking about battle rap, right? We're going to get into it. We don't get into battle rap. I just want to make this point right now. If somebody's round is just okay, not bad, not good, but okay, and then the last minute is just incredible, that doesn't make the entire round incredible. It doesn't mean that you win the round. It just means you were just okay, and then you took off at the end. Cool. This is what we're doing with his career. A bunch of okay moments Two highlight moments, and now all of a sudden he goes into the Hall of Fame just because one of those moments. Well, I, I'm sorry, both of those moments somehow he beat Lux twice. <laughs> he beat Lux twice, and then lost to Jethro, and every was was terrible against all these other opponents. Somehow beat Lux twice, and now he's a Hall of Famer. And I just don't. I I'm going to lose my. Because you guys are going to antagonize me. You're going to make me mad. And I'm going to cut this camera on. And I'm going to unleash an incredible rant. And I'm just going to cut. I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to cut the camera off and walk away. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Freaking Eli Manning, a Hall of Famer. And the thing that really makes me mad is when people go, future Hall. He's not a, he's not a Hall of Famer. He is not a Hall of Famer. I don't care. I don't. I don't. All right. I'm done. I'm done. That that. How do you feel about Philip Rivers? <laughs> okay, Philip also not a Hall of Famer. Right. <laughs> not a Hall of Famer. Not. I mean, great career. Retired his jersey in LA, Hall of Fame dad. San Diego. Hall, he's his wife is pregnant again. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I swear. I promise. I just saw that his wife is pregnant again. Now you're gonna make me look this up, but yeah, his, he is the goat father. Like he's I wish father the Abraham. quarterbacks would have been around when Philip Rivers was playing. I love to see him follow around that whole family. He has a whole team. Yeah, like hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I think I know. I just you're gonna make me look this up. Yeah, yeah, they're expecting their tenth child. Jeez, a baby boy this October, like. Oh, like I mean, I guess what else he's gonna do? He retired. He can't play football anymore. Right, so, yeah. right. Yep. Repopulate yep. the earth, man. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's keep it moving. All right. So, y'all, let's know what y'all think, man. Is Patrick Mahomes a top ten QB? We say yes. What say you? Um, speaking of, well, let's let's stick here in Kansas City because there's an interesting story going around right now. 
And by interesting, I'm talking about Chris Jones. Chris Jones is the all-pro defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he is currently sitting out of training camp right now. This ties in with two topics I want to talk about. So I'm going to talk about paying players their worth. And yes, this is going to get me on my soapbox to talk about the running back. But we're going to start stay here in Kansas City and talk about Chris Jones. Chris Jones wants to be paid, according to old tweets and I think old comments he's made, he at least wants to be the second highest paid uh, defensive tackle in the league. Right now, Aaron Donald is number one, making $30 million a year. And number two, who just got his deal, I believe it is Quentin Williams, who is making $24 million a year, right? So the story goes is that the number that I've seen swirl around the internet, and this has not been verified, is that the Chiefs have offered him 27 and that he's looking to get closer to the Aaron Donald number than the Quentin Williams number, despite the fact that 27 is literally in the middle of the Aaron Donald number and the Quentin Williams number. So is Aaron Donald at, at 30? He's at 30. I'm about to, I'm pulling this up on Sport Track right now, but I believe he is at 30 million. Quentin Williams is at 24, right? So Aaron Donald yeah. is obviously lapping the field. Yeah. So what if you are sitting in the as as in, if you are a Beach, Brett Beach, right? Do you cave in? and give Chris Jones $30 million a year? Let's just say four years. Is Chris Jones as important to winning a Super Bowl as Patrick Mahomes is? Um, no. Sorry. I was looking at the – that wasn't me really pondering the question. I was looking at the defensive line numbers. But no. Um. I think he's the best player on the defense, mm-hmm. clearly. He's the best defense player in the division. Ooh, over Max Crosby. Yes, I think he's better than, from the Raiders, the defensive end. Yeah. I'm going to throw another name out there, Patrick Sertan, the second. Yeah. Okay. Now, on the list of the top 100, he finished in the top 10. Was Crosby and Sertan above him? No. So, let me get my numbers right here, and I'll let you continue. Miles Garrett is second at 20. Nah, that's defensive tackle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's This is defensive line, but I was right. Aaron Donald's at 31, and Quentin Williams is at 24. But continue. So, in the top 100, the NFL's top 100, was Chris Jones was top 10, right? He was top. He was number 10. It was number 10. Okay, and I, I don't know if there was anybody in the division defensively above him. Um, I think he's I think he's that important. I think he's that important to the point to where the Chiefs need to pay him what I think they need to get to twenty nine million dollars. Mm, I got one more name for you before I before I answer that. Joey Bosa. It's a close one. Yeah, I think I might edge. I might edge Chris on that. Um, I think, and it's part because. So, I said, can you get to twenty eight and a half if you're Kansas City? To me, twenty eight and a half, it gets you a million and a half allegedly more than the first offer, um, and you're only a million and a half behind Donald, or well, two and a half is yet thirty one a year. 
Um, it's a four-year deal. The guarantee money probably runs out after year three. And at that point, if he has faded or diminished, you can let him go. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I guess here's my thing. My thing is, is I feel like GMs and owners, they pay who they want. They can make this happen. Yeah. And I had somebody, I had a shot to the homie Reese, Reese goes, well, you know, you got Willie Gay coming up. You got Nick Bolton coming up. You got Trey Smith. Um, you got Sneed, Creed Humphrey, all these guys who, whose deals are coming up. And he goes, well, if you give, if you give him 30, let's just say you give him 30, you're not going to be able to resign all those guys. And I'm like, well, bro, if the margin is that thin and not giving, taking $3 million away from Chris Jones means you don't get these other guys, you're not resigning them anyway. They're gone. Yeah. Because Creed Humphrey is going to ask for top three money at his yeah. position. I think Bolton is going to ask for top 10. I think um, Sneed, I don't know. Sneed is a wild card because I don't know. I'm not sure what people across the league think of, of Legarius Sneed as a corner. Yeah. So I. I Trey Smith gone. Trey Smith going to the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I do think he's going to ask for top 10 money, though. I think he's going to ask for top 10 bread. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know, bro. Like, I, to me, I feel like owners do what they want. They pay who they want. They take care of the quarterbacks. Um, they take care of who they like. And so that leads me to this point. I want to make this point about knowing your work and getting your work. Shout out to Saquon. I think we had this conversation before about who's more important to the offense, Saquon or Daniel Jones. Saquon asked for what twenty? He asked for sixteen. They offered at thirteen. Allegedly, I don't know if this is true, right? This is just reports. Daniel Jones asked for forty-six. They gave him forty. Now I'm going to ask you: Who were they bidding against for Daniel Jones? You yeah. tell me. You you are you are on the Dan, you in the Daniel Jones camp? This is a make or break season for him, in my opinion. Well, no, they are bidding against. I mean, because there's there's the teams out here reaching for quarterbacks like crazy. Dog, they weren't giving him forty million. No team was going to give Daniel Jones forty million dollars. Dog, Las Vegas Raiders would give give Daniel Jones forty. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They were not giving him forty million dollars a year. They get that no. man Garoppolo. What? Let me look it up. I don't <laughs> think they gave him that. You got to think. Jimmy was coming off an injury, and he was a cash yeah. off, right? What did David so, Carr get in New Orleans? Uh, I don't not forty. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I believe so. So his base salary right now is twenty. His base salary right now is twenty-two million. Garoppolo, and it's next year. It's so his average salary is twenty-four million a year. It's three years, seventy-two million. He's got a to, he's got forty-five total guaranteed. Though that's crazy. That's crazy. Carr got uh sixty million. That's right. Let me see what the guarantee. What you see the guarantees on that? It says base salary of one point five, signing bonus of twenty eight five. So that's thirty, carrying a cap hit of seven point or seven something. And a oh no, never mind. Just a dead cap value of sixty million. I don't know what that he means. He got four years, one fifty. So he's making thirty seven a thirty seven a year, thirty seven point five. Yeah, they would have gave Daniel Jones forty. <laughs> I don't think so, bro. I think he would got a Derek. I think he gets the Derek Carr deal. I think he would have gotten the four year, 150, 37 million. And then I think it would have, you know, 
he would have been able to get – if he stunk, stunk the joint up, the team gets out after the second year. That's yeah. essentially what the Giants – and so my thing is this. You're telling me you don't have the money to give Saquon his $13 million, but you gave uh, Daniel $46, uh, 40 There's your $3 million right there. You could have paid both. You could have did that, but you chose not to. And I, to me, that – it's not a it's not a factor of right or wrong because you're only worth what someone is willing to pay. Mm-hmm. But again, you can make you can make that happen, and you can the owners. You know, I know running backs might feel like owners are colluding against them, and they might. But they you'll never be able to prove it because you have people you have the media and fans who will carry owners' water at just about every turn, and they're going to dictate that you're worth this, that, or the third. Or you they decide that oh well, you don't need running back to win championships, right? So, I want to ask see, you this question. So, the thing about comparing, like, a Daniel Jones, like, contract and a Saquon contract is almost like buying a house and buying a car. With a quarterback, you know, you're, like, on what's, like, a 30-year mortgage, you know? And a car is, like, a five-year, you know, loan or whatever. So, a quarterback, you're assuming, like, if this is my franchise guy, he's going to be playing for me 10, 15 However many years we can, you know, keep in a running back, we're looking at six, you know, seven, something like that. So you might be more, more, you know, um, understanding when it comes to going and getting that quarterback taken care of now so that I can keep him for a while. If you have those high hopes of that big picture, because the running back is just, I mean, I mean, Saquon Barkley's got what, three more years? I don't know. I, who knows? Daniel Jones might have three more years. We, that's the thing about the NFL. We don't, I get it. I get it. But, like, the facts are the facts. I mean, look at Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, and Dalvin Cook right now. Alvin Kamara is probably on his – you know, they've luckily time-shared him to where he might have a year, maybe more, too, than those guys if he can, you know, stay on the field. But it's like – I think I think Alvin has more time left than we think. I think Saquon has more time left than we think. Ezekiel Elliott was used as a battering ram. <laughs> so, I feel like his case is a little bit different than everyone else because he was used the way they use – Old school running backs, right? Picking up blitzes, crashing to the middle of the line 20 times a game. And and with the added work of catching the ball. Yeah. Right. Because he's a decent, he's a decent pass catching back. But that house analogy works. But with some of these quarterbacks, what you don't know is that the house already has foundational issues. It was built upon, it was built upon like uh, a, a brown recluse nest. And so as soon as you move in, there are spiders coming out the woodworks everywhere you turn, right? Like that all sounds good. But some of these houses are coming with some issues and, and the seller's not telling you this before you move in. And after you move in, you're like, oh my God, what did we get ourselves into? This Meanwhile, that good old car gets beat up. You might have <laughs> had to replace, you might have replaced an alternator too. Transmission might have went out. But it's getting you to point A to point B. It's yeah. good old yeah. faithful. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Like I, I like I said, I feel like the elite top tier guys, the Saquons, the Alvins, the Christian McCaffreys. Let me tell you something. That offense, I for, I forget the guy who did it. It's a guy who does 49ers content. But basically, when Christian McCaffrey got there, every part of that offense elevated and got better because of one guy. Like either Brock Purdy is Tom Brady 2.0. And yeah. everybody in the league missed it for seven rounds until the very end of the draft, until the Niners went, uh, all right, we'll throw it against the wall, see what sticks. Or 
something happened because you had all pros in D-Ball, Kittle, Brandon Ayuk's a really good uh, wide receiver. Elijah Mitchell's a decent – Elijah Mitchell health is now. healthy. Keep going, keep going. He can start. He can start for every team in his league, but oh. his health is a problem. Don't forget oh. third down. Don't forget third down. And Juwan Jennings. Yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah. And Jawan Jennings. So, but shout out to shout out to third down. Uh, was it third? Third down? and one. Third and Jawan. Third and one. Third and Jawan. Third and Jawan. So, so you know, but but again, they have a really good offense as it is. That offense was elevated because you had to know where twenty three was on the field at all times. So my point is this: pay the guys, man. That's all I'm saying. Pay them. Pay them what they're worth. Which is more than just ten million dollars or thirteen million dollars to me. When it comes to the salary cap, we'll close the loop on this by coming back to Chris Jones, give him the thirty million, and figure it out from there. Just figure it out. The salary cap is going to increment incrementally increase over the next couple of years because of the TV deal. Figure out how to make it work and keep as Mick Creed Humphrey and Bolton and Steve make it work. This is what you get paid to do. Not make excuses. This is what this is what the Chiefs are doing. They're making excuses. Oh, well, you know, that's a little bit too much. They already have this kind of this wrote this notion around the league of them being cheap. Especially when it comes to resigning their players, right? Patriots did the same thing back when they were a dynasty. They're following okay. the blueprint. This is true. This is true. But I don't and I don't know. I, last thing I say on this, you t- you tell me what you think about this stuff. When you let great talent walk out the door, you are asking your quarterback to pick up the slack, right? They're the most important player of the team. If you lose, if, if you let a Tyreek Hill walk out the door, you're telling Patrick Mahomes, we're letting this guy walk out the door, and we're, we're banking on the sum of the parts, along with you, being able to make it work. If you trade Chris Jones, let him walk, whatever, you are telling Patrick Mahomes, we're letting this guy go. The guy we get him with or replace him with, he might be as good or it might be a couple of guys in rotation who try to give us what Chris made us on as a defense. You, Patrick, and the, and the rest of the offense are going to have to fill in the blanks and make up for what we lost. Like, do you think that to be, to be a true statement? I'd say, yeah. I'd just say that the only thing the Chiefs have going for them is that they can look at their quarterback and say, have we not drafted very well? Have we not hit home runs in who we bring in to be the guys that replace these guys? You know, you let somebody walk and, you, and it's just like a, a guy that's, you know, and you're a team that's not winning all the time or whatever. Like, it's, it's one thing. But, like, we're winning games. We let Tyreek Hill walk, you know. You, you know, we, we know how to coach. We know how to, you know, put together – you know, the playbook and, 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 and scout and everything. We know how to draft. Trust us. Hey, two championships in five years buys you a lot of trust. <laughs> yeah, it does. It definitely does. I mean, Brett But Beach I'll say this has, much. I'm also, going to, I'm also going to Patrick Mahomes and I'm saying, you want us to pay him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Patrick, like, I'm, I'm listening to what Patrick's saying, too. I'm like, hey, you want us to pay him? You know? Patrick's probably like, hate a man. Well, I guess that's the other part of it, too, right? Why the Chiefs are having this cheap tag placed on them. Because the contract they signed Mahomes, all the talk was, well, this contract gives us the flexibility 
to go to make sure that we can keep this team together for as long as possible, right? Mm-hmm. You let Tyreek walk out the door, and he's if you listen to him, he still hasn't gotten over it. He's still. I hope Tyreek. I hope you're getting therapy because it sounds like you need therapy because this is sounding yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. over over an ex that you left. Yeah. But anyway, they let Tyreek walk. I mean, I'll ask you. You bet a week's pay right now. Chris Jones is a, is Chris Jones a member of the Kansas City Chiefs next year? Yeah, I'm putting the money on it. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think so. I think I think this plays out. He plays this 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 year, and he leaves. I think he's not going to resign with them. I don't think they're going to franchise tag him. I think the 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 value of that tag is too high at this point for the Chiefs. And I think he walks. I don't think he's back next year. So that's all I'm saying. Like. You're gonna that, that cheap tag is gonna hit, and I get the Patriot way. All right, but we'll see what happens, man. Y'all, let's know what y'all think. Should the Chiefs pay Chris Jones? Should uh, let us know what y'all think. Hit us up at Brains Bars, Twitter, Facebook, and I think TikTok. I don't know what I have my TikTok name is. It might be <laughs> anyway, all right, man. Real quick, I want to hit this NBA story. We don't have to, we can get in the battle. Like this. I don't think, unless you got any other sports stories you want to talk about. No, um, no, I'm good. Yeah. Except for oh, uh, Banana Ball. You didn't I'm see sorry. Banana Ball? No, this is the highlight for it. You need to go watch SportsCenter. They had the highlights last night for Banana Ball. It's a, it's an interesting um, concept. I don't I don't know enough about it to explain it to you, but I was watching the highlights last night, and it was pretty kind of – it was crazy. So, so maybe next week or maybe another time we're able to talk about this. But essentially the score was tied. I don't know if that's the whole game or not, but it's a pitcher and a batter. And I guess it's like overtime. Like if it's tied after how many innings, one pitcher, one batter. The batter, if he gets a hit, the pitcher has to go get that ball and get it to home before the batter gets home. So like if he hits a shot, you know, a base hit to like the wall or something, the pitcher's taking off on the mound, you know, to try to get the ball to get it home before he gets home or whatever. But it's, it's a very interesting. But it's like, man, it was weird. The dude was doing backflips and catching pop flies in the, in the outfield. It's like a very braggadocious backflipping – you know, yeah, I'll shoot you some links. But, yeah, but we can keep going. Is this a Savannah Bananas? Yeah. Yeah, so I've heard about this group. I don't know if you ever seen them go viral when they like start doing dances and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they have, this one, they have this one rule where, like, if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. Yeah, oh, that's pretty sweet. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah, playing yeah. somebody, like, last night. The dude, like, did a literally a backflip and caught the pop fly in center field in the middle of his backflip. They are an they are very entertaining. I will say that they're very entertaining. So, <laughs> um, man, let me say. Look, actually, I do have one last thing. This is a personal thing of mine because I am a 49ers fan, and I'll get to this last this last NBA story. So Trey Lance plays in preseason, right? Third pick overall from a couple of years ago. He's either going to be QB two or QB three. He's fighting with Sam Darnold for that second spot. Brock Purdy is the deserved starter. Trey Lance looks horrible. Honestly, the offensive line did not play great as well, giving up instant pressures, so on and so forth. Trey Lance missing receivers. As the game, as he plays a little bit longer, he looks better, right? The problem is, is that Trey for a team that is ready to win now, they don't have the luxury of waiting for Trey Lance to get better as the season progresses, right? The San Francisco 49ers traded three first-round draft picks and I believe a second-round draft pick to move up from, I think, 13 to pick number number three. 
right? So here's my thing. Salute, Trap Buddha. What's up? I hope, hope your day is going well. So here's my thing. If you are going to trade all this draft capital and all these assets to move up, why would you then take a quarterback that, that with a win-now team, right? This isn't like Indianapolis or Houston, right? Why would you trade up to go get a guy that you have to mold and make – that you have to wait to be better? I'm not a Mac Jones guy. I would have preferred for them to stay at 13 and get Mac Jones because I think he went 15 to the uh, Patriots. Stay there, get Mac Jones. He's ready to play now. He doesn't require as much molding. He could have grown into the position a little bit faster than, than Brock, Brock Purdy, than Lance. And my concern with Kyle Shanahan is this. As good as he is as a play caller, I have serious questions about his GM ability. Of the salute, of the uh, – I think he's had six first-round draft picks thus far. Only one is on track to be re-signed. And that's Nick Bosa. And they're having and he they're having a dispute, a contract dispute themselves right now. Yeah. Trey Lance likely gone. Solomon Thomas didn't stick. Brandon Ayuk may leave because he's a first round draft pick, but I think he's going to leave in free agency, not necessarily because he's not good enough. Because I think Brandon Ayuk is going to have a breakout year finally this year. Um, but again, like you can't miss on these picks when you have them. Right, so Trey Lance, no. Javon Kinlaw right now is looking like he's going to be a bust. Nick Bosa, yes. Mike McGlinchey, gone. Solomon Thomas, gone. Ruben Foster, forgot about him, gone. Like, his ability to scout talent is in question to me. And honestly, if there were anybody else, missing this badly on the quarterback is a fireball offense. But because the team has had success in spite of it, He's going to stick around. I just wanted to get that off my chest. You don't have to respond. You don't have to say anything. I just wanted to get that off my chest and just say that. All right, real quick. James Harden, we get in the battle. You seen this James Harden story? I've seen that the Philadelphia 76ers took him off the trade market and have decided that they're no longer shopping him, and I guess he's going to be a sixer. Not according to James Harden. Oh, James Harden, while in China, (laughs) he said – that Daryl Morey was a liar and that he would never play for any team that Daryl Morey is a part of. And last I checked, Daryl Morey is still the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. Wow. Now, here's, here's why this is interesting, right? Yes, that's what Hard said. Here's what's interesting. So, the you know, they were investigated last year for potential misconduct because the the story goes is that James was promised that he would get a long-term deal if he opted out of his the final year of his deal which would have paid him 47 million and re-signed for like 30 right mm-hmm. and so he was promised this he was not given that and so he wanted to trade so he could get that long-term deal, a four-year, probably $200 million, $250 million deal. And so now the Sixers have said, we can't, we can't find a, a sufficient trade partner to give us what we want. 
So you're coming back and you're going to play for us for on this one year deal. And I'm like, Daryl, why? Why would you promise this man this money that you knew this? Like, was he supposed to be on the trenches card too? <laughs> was he supposed to be on the trenches card? And Daryl Morey said, hey, if you back out, I got this brand for you. Yeah. Was he supposed to battle A-Verb? Was he promised Verb on Summer Madness too? Like, what? Dog, that story to me is crazy. And so the CBA prevents James Harden from from not showing up. But I do fear that uh, Santa Claus is going to show up on opening day for and claim that his back is hurt and his knees is hurt. Like, this story, like, this is, again, I just wanted to break this story up. This is a story that needs to be monitored and we'll, we'll watch going forward. Yeah. But, but if I'm if if I'm Joel Embiid, if I'm looking at all this, I'm going to play this season out. I'm going to be a good soldier. But if this season goes to pot because you don't have James Harden, I'm looking at them and saying, hey, guys, I think it's time for me to go. I think it's time for me to get up out of Dodge. I have to win a championship, and I can't waste time waiting for you guys to figure this out. Let me look at what Joel and B's bread is looking like right now. I think he's under contract for at least another four years. And we know Philadelphia fans are impatient. Dog, listen, hold on. Let me, I'm sorry. I just put up his contract. This is what he's slated to make over the next four years. He's under contract. For, he has a player option in 26, in 2026, 2017. He's going to make this year $47 million, then 51 then 55 then 59 It's nice. Generation. Yeah, oh, my. Why couldn't I be 6'8"? That's all I, all I need. I'm 6'2". All I needed was just a couple more guys. And I could, I could, I could have been name a six eight garbage man. You know what I'm saying? I could, I could have, I could have defense and boards. I could have been Udonis Haslam, bro. I could have been, I could have been Udonis. Provide great, provide great leadership, great locker room presence, guy. I could have been. That. Yeah, man. All right, that's all I wanted. So I want to get it out. All right, your NBA nickname would have been the chaplain. <laughs> <laughs> That's what your nickname would have been. Hey, I'm hey, any of y'all brothers need prayer? I'm I can lead Bible study. Whatever you yeah. need, I got you. You know what I'm saying? I can come in two minutes a game, give you three good hard files, yeah. and four boards, and I'm gonna make 20 million. 20 million a season. I'm I'm, 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 man, I'm, I'm, right. good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> all right, man. Let's get into this battle rap, man. We we uh <laughs> hoping we'd be done by now, but we're not. So let's get to this battle rap. We can close out the show. So GTX goes down this weekend, three-day event, day zero, day one, day two, correct? Um, shout out to G- GTX, shout out to Lush, shout out to Diz, shout out to Direct and Rap Grid, Direct, directing his first pay-per-view, right? Yeah, and it was great. So, man, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. So I, as as a person who was in the building, man, give me kind of like your highlights and standout uh, moments from from that from that weekend. Yeah, you know, I think that the, the community feel, the, the 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 family feel was really dope. It was a very different crowd. Um, it was very very different battle rap. You know what I mean? Like it's um, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I forget who I was talking to. Um, but you know, you're going from like almost like gimmick battles to like real battles, and then back to a. I don't even. I don't want to be like say gimmick because you know there's creativity and artistry and everything, but it's like, you know, the crowd is just. It's just different, you know, so it's like 
you know, there's these battles like my battle and Frax battle, Hollow and Thesaurus, like um, um, who else? Um, maybe even uh, Marvel Rex, and Lunar Rex and K. Rex and K. You know, like the, the the battles that like the eyes are on for like battle rap culture. Like these battles mean something, you know. And then intertwined, there's battles that are just kind of like novelty, you know, battles for like nostalgia reasons and stuff. So like the energy on each day is just shifting at all times, you know, um, you yeah. know, in, in, in the crowd is 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 very grind time ish. So it's like, you know, I remember when I was battling frack, you know, I said you're 138 pounds of malnutrition, you know, and it's literally got more of a reaction, you know, than an actual like, punchline or something like that, you know. So it's like, you know, the, the puns and the wit and the comedy and the, all that kind of stuff really superseded a lot of things this weekend because of the grind time crowd. Um, but, you know, good to see everybody there. I thought Be Magic, I thought Carter Deems, I thought Soul Calm, I thought uh, Marv One, I thought um, Fredo, uh, Pass, um, Frack, myself. I thought there was a, there was a, I didn't really pay too much attention to Diz and E, but you know, they, 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 you know, put on, you know, I, I haven't watched yeah. the battle. Um, uh, Big K and Rex, I thought was a good battle too. So, you know, I, I definitely thought that there was some, some really good performances. Um, and then I think that, you know, the general consensus would probably be that Big K, Rex, me, Frack, and maybe, uh, I don't know how everybody felt about Hollow the Source or Diz and Easy, but I would, general consensus would probably be that those were like the, the big, the best battles of the week, or the best battles of the weekend. Um, uh, but yeah, man, it was just a good time. Like I said, you know, got a lot of battles, a lot of standing around, a lot of battlers. But you know, just, just good to be around everybody. And uh, yeah, really, really good event, good, good venue. So let's get into your battle. Um, I'm gonna save that for now. Uh, let's get into your battle, right? You versus Frack. What? Let's start here. What was your expectation going into that battle? What you thought? Um, Material-wise, he would show up with versus what you had. Yeah, so I, I jokingly, sarcastically said plenty of times. I'm like, you know, Frack's gonna beat me. You know what I mean, like I, I, I just, I, I said it that way because I know how he battles, you know, and I know how how few and far between his battles are, and you know, he's he battles similar to Ilmat. You know, he 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 really just tries to take this approach to like break down everything about you, you know, takes takes things that nobody's ever heard, you know, or ways to, or ways to attack you and angles that nobody's ever heard. Spends a lot of time on them, you know. Um going into the battle, um, you know, I thought I wrote my rounds, um, and I thought, you know, my rounds are really good. Like I really like my rounds, you know? And I'm like, you know, the way that I win this battle is I go in here and I outperform him. You know, I, I show that, you know, I can I can project, I can rap, I can do a lot of different things better than him. Felt like my second round angle was like an un, unbeatable round, honestly, is what I felt like, you know, with, with how I approached it. And then I thought, you know, if I can get off some good rebuttals and like kind of like, you know, cre create some energy with that. Like I could definitely win this battle, you know, um, just because I felt like, you know, I'm a better all around battle rapper than Frack. Um, so going into it, that's what it was. Um, you know, originally 90 second rounds, that's what it was called or 90 second rounds. I did that because I was supposed to battle somebody the week before for frack. And so that's the only reason I took the battles because it was 90 second rounds. And I was like, okay, cool. 
that battle got pushed back, rescheduled, and, you know, me and Frack talked, and I said, okay, I'm cool with two-minute rounds. You know, I'm cool with doing two-minute rounds, you know, whatever. You know, we talked a couple times leading up to the battle, and then we got, like, even more transparent with each other. And my rounds were all sitting around 145. And when I talked to him, he was like, yo, my rounds, you know, are like about 215, 220. And I had enough time. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm working on my third right now. Like, I'll just make sure mine are all over two, you know, get them all a little bit over two or whatever, and we'll rock out. So I get there and I wrap my first round, you know, try to do a little bit of freestyling about, I don't know if you guys were able to see like the live concert that they had right before our battle. You know, yeah, um, yeah, and it's like Frack's one of his best friends, so he's standing behind Frack or whatever. So you know, I'm just just trying to start off, you know, with some with some you know some some freestyling or whatever about what Frack's wearing, and and then kind of get some energy off of like you know that guy and his concert. And I wrapped my first round, and I knew my first round was really good to pay an homage to Grind Time. And um, the Frack goes, I feel like Frack's first round is long, right? Now, and I don't think it was. I don't think it was that much longer than my first. In, 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 in reality. But I felt like that in the building. And I've just been a crowd reaction and just you know, kind of how, you know, how much his hometown was really rocking. So what I did that I regret is I forced myself to freestyle. I was forcing myself to try to come up with stuff because I had a feeling his rounds were all going to be a lot longer than mine. So I'm like forcing myself to freestyle, which I didn't, I didn't like, I wasn't getting booed or anything, but nothing really hit, you know, with, with the freestyles heavy, you know, like there was some cool ones or whatever, you know, the, you told me to turn the other cheek. Well, when you turn the other cheek, you know, Scotty Ron smacked that one too. You know, there's some like little, little, little jabs or whatever, but nothing hit crazy. But then his second and third round were not only like longer than mine, were like a lot longer than mine, you know, especially when we're talking about written material. Like when you look at like the battle, like, if you'll see, I probably freestyled 45 seconds to maybe a minute in those second and third rounds. And he didn't freestyle that much. And he still was, you know, a minute, you know, over, you know, whatever. So I say that to say this is like, you know, when you're battling somebody like Frack, who is already really good and going to break you down for three rounds. And when you're battling him at home, you know, in front of a crowd that, his style is definitely like that grind time crowd. They wanted the Psalms are sweaty. They wanted the, you know, you're malnourished, even from me. You know, they wanted that kind of stuff. You're battling somebody as good as Frack in his home. And he's rapping basically a whole extra round, four rounds to three rounds, you know. And he's really freaking good. Like, it's difficult to come across, come away with a win, you know. With that being said, I still feel like it's a debatable battle. I still feel like when I watch the first two rounds, that there's no clear winner, the winner there. I, I like my second a lot, but I mean, Rome told me he gave me the first, you know? Um, you know, so I think the only thing clear is that the third round he won. And that was like a round that mine wasn't nearly as long. And, you know, it, I didn't heat up. Like you said, like you were talking about earlier with a battle rap, like I, I heated up towards the end of my third round, but the beginning of it, you know, wasn't, wasn't too much. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I told you that night that I got Frack 2-1. I haven't went back to watch it um, because I feel like I agree. He got the third. I think you got the second. Because I And I've talked to a couple of people. Or actually, no, I talked to one person in particular. And I saw another person whose opinion I respect on Battle Rap say, in the moment, like, man, 
Frack Second is cool, but it's not like it's not really doing it for me. And then at the end of the round, he goes, like I frack up 2-0. And I was like, well, I mean, okay. Like, I guess my thing is like this, right? Like this that to that point, I, I brought that up for a reason when talking about Eli's career. If you think it's just okay, even if the last minute or so you think is incredible, I'm not sure how you when your second was really good. I thought the angle was a really good angle, right? Well put together, well wrapped, good content, so on and so true. So don't you get more points for it being true? Right? I feel like you should get a little bit more points for it being true. Meanwhile, uh, I, I was lied on multiple times in this battle. It's battle rap, right? As long as it sounds good. Yeah. It, it's, tr- it, it's true. Battle rap is kind of like court. It's not, it's not necessarily about the truth. It's about how you can spin facts. Yeah, or yeah, just yeah. Spin, or it's not even about how you can spin facts sometimes. It's just how you can spin a story. Right? So anyway. Um... But I think that he got the second, or you got the second, and I thought he edged the first. Because I do mm-hmm. think the first is close. So for me, I want to go back and rewatch that first to see. And for me, I think, like, you know, listen, we're homies, right? I try not to be this guy to go online and be like, man, y'all bugging, y'all blah, 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 blah. One, I don't want to argue with people because then I just end up calling people stupid, and I, yeah. I just don't want to do that. that. That part of my life is over, of calling people stupid. I only call my friends stupid now. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, so you know, like, but like people, like he died, he bodied, and I'm like, I don't, I don't see a body, dog. I don't see, I don't see a, someone getting washed. Now we all have biases, right? And I do think our biases sometimes inform content, not necessarily bias like I dislike you, I don't, I don't think you right, this, that, and the third, um, because Frack is dope. Frack is incredibly dope, and to his credit, right before he battled you. He's got victories over the source, Soul Con, and Miz. I don't care what them and did. I don't care what them judges. And Danny Myers, yeah. Like he's got some really impressive wins, but because he's not outside like that, it's not something you think about when you think about the totality of his career. Like Frack, had, granted, he's got other things. I know he does music. He's definitely into music. Um, he's probably got other things that he does, other ventures that he's into. And so, Battle Rap is not at the top of his list. It's something that he feels like, hey, I'm going to win champion of the year this year. But I do think if Frack said, I'm going to step outside five, six times this year and got quality opponents, he has the ability to be a top 10 Cody guy if he decides to because he is that good, because he is witty, because he is funny, because he can't you know, put together um, really good rounds and anger your life away. I think he... He was, I mean, I remember watching him versus Bricks. He was super dope against Bricks. He's got an angle about in the second about him dating Jazz the rapper. That was really good. You know, so I mean, give, I give Frack his props, man. Dope battle. I don't think it's a body. I think it's debatable. Um, like I said, I need to go back and watch that first. And I might come back with the same conclusion and be like, yo, you were good. He was just the better man that day. Um, yeah. and so you know, that anything know. else you want to say about this battle? Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, you know, we know what the, we know what the, you know, we know why all the eyes were on me and we know why everybody wants, you know, like I said earlier in the interview, like heavy is the head, you know, like, I mean, that's just, that's just what I have to wear right now, you know, um, and I, I've got to deal with that, you know, um, Frack put together three masterful rounds against those other people that you were just talking about, you know, and uh, nobody was tweeting and going crazy for him like they were, you know, Sunday night, you know, 
And that's a shame, by the way. That is, is a shame, by the way, because again, Frack is super dope. It is, and I it hope to see him step it. outside again. I hope to see him step outside again because of I course. enjoy watching him rap. Yeah, but I would say I would say this much, you know, like um, the one thing I don't like, I don't want to do because he's my peer and he's incredible. Is like I don't want to take away from his performance, you know, with kind of just Absolutely explaining, not. you know, explaining how I feel about how the battle went or whatever. Um, but uh, but regardless, you know, like. Um, the situation that I'm in right now with my next battle coming up, like, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who, who would have normally just been like, all right, two, one the other way that are going to over exaggerate and jump out the window and be like, three Oh, got body. Can't wait to hear what a verb has to say. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just the nature of it. But they're creating content off content. You know what I mean? Like, so that leads us into this battle. Cause I have a lot to say about to you about this battle. Maybe not a lot, but I do have some 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 things I would like to discuss with you, sir. So, three weeks, right? Three weeks, eighteen days. They're about thereabouts. RBE brick by brick, max out three in the blue room. Um, a stacked card. Um, a lot of legends, a lot of well-respected rappers on this card, and to me, all due respect to Hitman and Ill Will, this is the main event. Even if you, even if it's a co-main event billing, respectfully, those two are amazing. This is the main event. This is the battle everyone's talking about. I think that this battle, more so than what's actually going to be written on pages and wrapped in front of a pay-per-view audience and two, three hundred people in a room, is about ment- mentality and mental warfare. Right. I think that I think a lot of the vets play this game, but I think Verb more so than some others. I think that Verb is trying to get you to. This is and this is I don't I don't want I'm going to say come down to his level, but I don't mean it in terms of talent or skill. I think he is trying to drag you down with him through the promo. Right. Because I've heard Verb talk about, you know, I go to dark places, the places I have to go to craft this material, to 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 be away from my loved ones, to be away from family and friends, the mood it puts me in when I have to go to these spaces. And I personally think that he is trying to drag you into those spaces with him, no pun intended, mm-hmm. um, through the promo, through the fan antagonizing, through getting the fans riled up the set. So I'll ask you, do you think do you think I'm correct in that assessment? Yeah, I'll say that, you know, like he keeps saying, like, I'm going to break him. You know what I mean? I'm going to break him. All this all this extra talk, whatever. Like, and I think he's playing a psychological thing, a game, you know. Um, but what he's doing is it's not so much just me as well. You know, he mm-hmm. cultivated a community to watch me battle frack, you know, to, to hope that I would lose effectively. Mm-hmm. He effectively mm-hmm. had a lot of people that maybe would watch a battle from A-Ward indifferent before. Watching it, hoping I would lose so that they could hear what he has to say for the next three weeks about that battle and succeeded at it, you know? So his promo game is trying to spin things, manipulate things, lie, do everything he needs to do to create a community of people to back him so that, you know, when we get there and have to actually battle, they're not looking at my material or my performances or actually what I do really good. 
they're waiting on me to lose or trying to find ways for me to lose, you know? And that's what's really sad about it, you know, is, 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 is that he's manipulating those situations and that grown people, you know, are so entertained by him that they're following suit, you know, in that aspect. People hitting me up, battlers, all kinds of people, you know, telling me I have to do this or I have to do that. Or is it true that you are this or is it true that what he's saying, you know? Nobody's nobody, you know, nobody ever approached me like that ever before this verb situation, you know? So I think what he's doing is a psychological game there. And I think that he's also predicting and trying to touch on all of these different things, right? Because this is what mm -hmm. verb does, right? He does this whole, I told you so thing, right? I told you guys ahead of time, this is going to happen. And he talks so much that I told you, a ward, a ward's going to come over there and he's going to cuss. I told you, A. Ward's going to come over there and gonna give me the give me uh, the Bible. You know, all he's going to do is talk about this. A. Ward ain't got and he's just so that he can go back and just grab one of them after they happen. You know what I mean? So, like, he's just making a, it's a big psychological game to him to the point at this point, like everything that he's tried to predict and everything he's promoted, like I shouldn't even rap. Like he's already told y'all, you know, what what I'm what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do. Or he's always already done all of this stuff or whatever. And tried to make you feel like that's wrong if I do it. And the community of people are just eating the crumbs. You know what I mean? They're just, just begging for more. So that's the psychological game he's playing. You know, the real ones know, you know, your peers know, you know, the people that, you know, really like dive into this culture, that whole Twitter verse, that whole spaces or whatever is a small percent of battle rap, you know, very small percent of battle rap. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it, it's a it's a uh, a vehicle for for promo and different things like that, but it's not it's not the end all be all. So you know we're gonna actually battle there on nine two, and you know the 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 ones that you know know how to actually assess a battle and watch a battle are gonna be able to say. So, so let me ask you this: <clears throat> You said you were going to be on Demon Time, so let me play devil's advocate. So, do you think if you go, because I heard you say earlier that you would that you's like hey i'm gonna go shoot him in the face for three rounds right so do you think if that not saying this is your plan of attack because this could be you just kind of throwing things out there for him to react to at this point do you think that if you jump out the window and you do that's your approach do you think that you play into his plan at all if that were your approach for the battle uh yes and no i mean there's a little reverse psychology there you know there's a little mm -hmm. bit of uh sarcasm there there's a little bit of, you know, um, just kind of, you know, try to play a little bit of the same psychological games as him, you know. So, you know, I, I can I can tell you, you know, that, the, you know, I know plenty of things about him. I know plenty of things about his family. I know plenty of things about, you know, I, I can go there. You know what I mean? I can I can I can let that be known. But, you know, at the end of the day. The only person that's predicting what's going to you know, who's going to say what, you know, is, is verb, you know. At the end of the day, he's going to approach me. He's going to talk about how, you know, I'm white. He's going to talk about how I'm Christian. You know, he's going to talk about, um, you know, how he's from the slums and, you know, he don't want to be saved. And he's the you know the demon, the devil or whatever. He goes to dark places or whatever. It's going to be redundant. It's going to be, you know, the same old stuff I've always heard. And ain't nobody going to, you know, no, nobody's not going to chastise him for it. No pun intended. You know, so. I'm going to go in there and do what Ward does, man. I'm going to be versatile. We're going to have fun. And uh, <laughs> mama's in the building. 
And uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're gonna have a good battle. So some of that is some of that is a little a little a little pregame, you know, psychological stuff. But you know, I might shoot him in the face one time. He might get shot once. But he really might. <laughs> you know. All right, all right. I shot so, the before. I shot the dude in the face for his dog running away. You know, like you know, act like I can't. You know, so um, this is true. This yeah. Is true. So you know that whole play into his hand thing is just another another thing. It's like if it's fire, it's fire. Whether whether he predicted that I was gonna do it or not, if it's fire, it's fire. Hey, listen, listen. I see a lot of stuff get cheers, and I'm like, did you hear what he just said? Like. Like, yeah. no, 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 seriously, seriously, did you hear yeah. what he just said? Because if you did, I don't think you would be cheering right now. So, um, okay, okay. So, I guess here's my, I guess here's my other take, because my other point just completely left my head. Oh, that's, that's what I was going to ask you. So, I know you think that Verve is not as good as he used to be, right? I think you've on record of saying that. So, I went back and watched, um, I went back and watched Shotgun, him versus Shotgun Shug, which I think is his last battle before this one. I thought he was really good in that. Um, yeah. I thought it was one of his best small room performances since. Oof. I don't count the Kid Chaos one. Gosh. And I had to go look up his. I, had, I looked, looked this up when we post record a couple of weeks ago, but it was one of his best small room performances in a minute. I haven't won that battle. I think I'm in the minority on that. What level of verb do you think will show up there, right? If you say that's his best performance since, let's say, Lux, right? If you think that's his best performance, and I've had some people tell me that, it's his best performance since Lux. If you say Suge to SB, let's just take the encompass his, his entire career. To me, that's, to me, the Suge battle is the ground floor of what you can expect, at least that level. And you can get anything from there. So what level do you think he's going to be at when you show up? If that question makes sense. I think if we're talking about on paper and performance, I think he's going to be very similar to the pass and shook battle. I think he's going to be very similar to how good he was against pass and very, very similar how good he was against shook. Now, with the added, the added grudge match mentality and different things, you know, the added, you know, um, the added, like, low-hanging fruit of what will get reaction against a Christian. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably going to be well-received, like, crowd reaction-wise with it being, you know, a St. Louis heavy card and different things. But I think material and performance-wise, you know, if you take that the reaction out and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be very similar to the shotgun show and pass. That's interesting. That's interesting. He was really good against pass. I enjoyed his performance versus pass. Um, and I went in that battle, too. What, actually, while, we think, while, while we're talking about St. Louis, I'm going to take a quick detour and we're going to come back and wrap up. Shout out to B-Magic, man. B-Magic, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of battles because, one, it was late West Coast time. I actually went to sleep for like two hours waiting for you and Frack, um, yeah. waking up to various battle rappers screaming in my headphones. Um, but he was so dope. And I know you were supposed to battle him in St. Louis, and I do hope at some point that battle gets reschedule yeah. and put back on in St. Louis because I think that would be a dope style clash. Be magic. I, I'm relatively new to battle rap, so kinda. And so I love listening to him rap. I love listening to his content. So I digress. I just want to give him his flowers real quick. 
So you've said on several occasions that you are going to dog walk him. You're going to 30 him. I take it that mindset has not changed. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. Seven minute rounds. They ain't booked me for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So learned a valuable lesson yesterday or or Sunday. Overprepared. Over okay, I don't think I have any other questions regarding regarding the battle. I just just those. I, so the reason I asked those questions about mentality because to me a lot of his promo it reminds me of Surf and JC from this standpoint. I remember after the battle, Surf talked a lot about how he did try to intentionally play mind games and say things to intentionally try to trigger him to get a response out of him. And I remember Surf saying, when I saw him walk on that stage and had a merry hoodie and no sunglasses, he goes, I knew it was over. And so I guess that was my thinking in the line of questioning when it comes to, hey, Batman, are you sure you want to go into that, that cave with Bane? <laughs> you know, like, you, I was born in the darkness. You merely adopted it, right? And so um, that was where that, that thought process came from. Um, I expect a great battle. I expect it to be entertaining. Um, I think the pressure on both of you will be immense. To me, when I think about the battles that you've been in, this reminds me of the St. Mike battle. Not because I think that Verb and St. Mike are are equal in ability, although St. Mike is a very excellent rapper, right? He just never was able to step on the stages and platforms that Verb has. But I just remember thinking like, man, this is a super dangerous battle. Mm-hmm. I, and we, I remember even telling you, like, bro, you sure you want to do this? Like, this guy's really good. And I don't have that same feeling um, today as I had back then. But I think in terms of how, as as your friend, as someone who goes to these events with you from time to time, like, that's that's what this reminds me of. Like, at that point, that was the biggest battle of your career. This is a super, this is a lyrical opponent, someone who was really good um, at putting words together. And that's how I feel going into this one. Like, this is a dangerous one. And you're going to walk into that place. And granted, you're used to being on the road, but that is the STL for four hours. <laughs> you know, um, when those guys are on stage and it's going to be, it's going to be a fun one, man. It's going to be a fun one. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I'll say this because I wouldn't be, I'll be a bad friend if I didn't. I appreciate the confidence. I don't see, I don't see either of you dog walking anybody i think you're both too good um but i definitely don't see you dog walking him just because he's a prideful guy and he's got too much pride his boys are on the card i know somebody said something about this is the first time uh ill ice pack i'll go ice pack to separate the you know ill from young but young ill uh, I almost said war. Verb and Holla have been together since like 2014 on the car. I think it was uh, Guerrilla Warfare. So oh. he, he's got his people in the building. He's got his boys on the car. And I think, you know, whether whether he, I don't know if he really doesn't like you or this is just some kind of really long con promo. And after it's over, he'll put you to the side and be like, yo, you know, nah, I'm just not around. We I don't know. We passed that. But uh, but yeah, man. Good luck to you. You know, I know you. You said you were going dark mode. Um, so I, I assume this will be the last show we do together until after nine two. 
Might be. So might be. To- I got rid of Twitter. It's not on my phone no more. You know, took my YouTube app off as well. Not paying attention to none of that. You know, I kept my Instagram up. I still got a show this weekend in, in D.C. at a church. So, you know, got some things to do. But, yeah, I'm, I'm zeroed in, man. All right. Well, good luck to you. Y'all let us know what y'all think. Let me say this last thing about Twitter. We, about, we are closing the show up. I love, so, you know, again, I, I stalk these accounts and watch, and watch, do a lot of people watching. That's one of my favorite things to do is people watch. And I love people who go, yeah, Ward blocked me. And all I said was, frack 30. And I go and I go and follow these accounts, and like within like thirty seconds, I find you ain't. And I'm like, bro, like just be, just keeping the beat. Like if that's all he said, if all you said, and he blocked you, I mean, I guess you could critique him for being a little uh, soft if you wanted to, but you just called this man trash. You ain't, you ain't good. You ain't this. You ain't that. And then wonder why he blocked you. Like just keeping the beat. <laughs> it's not like. Listen, you earned your block. I didn't earn my block from Bumby. That's another story for another day. Yeah. I said nothing of I said nothing bad about Bumby to earn that block. To get that block. I've earned blocks before, but not with Bumby. But that's another story for another day, man. But uh, you know, <laughs> and on this note, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Shout out to Mama Ward, man. We appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. It's been another dope show. Um, please remember you can check out every episode of this black and white thing the podcast app of your choice searching for brains and bars like share subscribe you can check us out on youtube by doing the same as well as twitter facebook and instagram so next time it's been a black and salmon and salmon <laughs> salmon thing well i'll let y'all man we'll see maybe we'll be back next week man we'll be back later but either way y'all take it easy Peace. appreciate it man peace